Welcome to Coming Along Nicely. We're two brothers, Rich and Tim, who recently went back to school. Every week, we're discussing one thing we're learning in our classes, and we want to invite you to come along with us. heading to England, everybody. So that's happening. By the time you hear this, I'll be be over across the pond, as they say. Uh, so I am going for like a school program. It's like a short summer thing to finish out my undergrad in English. I've been a little hesitant to talk about it uh, on the podcast or anywhere else because it's one of those things like I just don't know all indications are that I'm going to get over there and it's going to be really cool. But there's also always the chance that I get over there and it feels like summer camp with a bunch of like young college students. And so mm. I think that's why I've been hesitant to talk about it. But I don't think, you know, I'm just hedging there. I, th- I think it's going to be a really cool experience. I'm looking forward to it. But. That'd be unfortunate if it was just summer camp. I doubt it would be. No, I don't think it is. But that's just my, uh, you know, my whole experience of college has been being like the old kid. Uh, and this is just like the ultimate conclusion of that <laughs> is going across the country with uh, all of the and being the old kid over there. But I'm going to be studying uh, for one thing, gothic literature which is not a subject I know a whole lot about. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm doing right now. Yeah. Even more jealous of your degree. Gothic literature sounds awesome. Yeah. You talked about, I don't remember if it was Frankenstein or Dracula on this show. Frankenstein. Okay. Yeah. 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 I haven't read any of the books that were assigned and I have not really had any experience with Gothic literature at all. So it's going to be cool. Uh, the way it kind of worked is we're taking over there one class that's just, I mean, I general, I suppose, like related to the program. And then every student is taking two other classes, as I understand it. And I applied for Gothic literature and I think... I put gothic literature up against J.R.R. Tolkien, which, mm. yeah, I was I I had to put Tolkien on my form because it was one of like the top four classes I wanted to take, but it was definitely the bottom of the top four classes. I was very much hoping that I didn't get assigned it, and I didn't. So uh, here we are. But Rich, before I get into my shallow end of the pool understanding of gothic literature why don't you take a swing at what what is gothic literature what does it represent maybe dates or times or anything just what do you know about it oh man um just your impression in oh you put me on the spot sorry well i guess i guess okay and this might be this might be good 
for this might be good for the discussion because most of my where I got into gothic literature wasn't from okay I read I read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein mm-hmm. um when I was in high school and that was one of the few books where like I remember being in this class and like okay class here's this book read it for homework and I just like read the whole book in like two weeks really because I was like wow this book is so good and we'd be in discussions and I'd be like oh but can we get to the cabin can we get to the cabin scene, please? Oh, can we just, oh, the next chapter is this. Can we just like move on so we can talk about this cooler stuff? Um, well, le- yeah, let me, and then let me jump in there because go ahead. that's been my experience. I'm reading just to prep for going over there. I'm reading the castle of Otranto, which is, I think considered the first Gothic novel, but anyway, that's been my hmm. experience of it is, you know, I like literature and I like reading a lot of old lit and stuff, but mm-hmm. I kind of know that it's generally it's slow is what I'm getting at. And I don't always recommend like I can't recommend like, oh, you should read this book from the 17th or yeah, the 1700s to a lot of people. But reading this book, it the pace is very fast. It's very interesting like everything you're saying, I could totally hand this book to just like any person who doesn't really like to read. And I'd be like, no, but you'll you'll like this one. So I completely have the same uh, thought. But yeah, go go on. Continue. Gothic literature. Yeah. So where where the rest of my. Influences come from is from. Like. I guess more modern takes on Gothic literature. Mm. Um, so I played a from software game called bloodborne um, that was set in like a Gothic Victorian uh, Cthulhu esque like situation. Um, I just really love the themes of that one. There's, you know, I, I love shows that kind of are inspired by the, like gothic building style or gothic like or use those gothic characters right uh, there's a netflix show called castlevania and i think that that show looks really cool Mm. um so okay so knowing that i'm gonna guess that gothic literature um answer me this question just so i know it comes after after romanticism right it comes, oh man, that actually I I wouldn't know how to answer precisely, and I can get into why in a little bit. It's probably slightly after Romanticism, yes. Okay, because my thinking was like Romanticism was very natural, like get out in wilderness, get out and like like the beauty of nature, how we kind of can make, I'm probably quoting this wrong, we can get out of our own way. Um, I think Gothic literature is like we get in our way. We progress and we push and it's about innovation and it's about like uh, what humankind is capable of, like both good and bad. Sure. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with that. No, I think. Yeah. In that way, I think you're completely correct. I was I was thinking more in terms of like the actual time period. I think there's more overlap 
there's some overlap between romanticism and and gothic literature but no in terms of what you're saying like it is sort of post romantic uh it's it comes after the enlightenment it also comes after the french revolution there's a lot of like uh i don't know i guess it's in like a transitory time period where like a lot of orthodox beliefs or institutions are sort of breaking down and yeah i think gothic literature one of the things it represents is like you said we get in our own way and sometimes that's expressed as the past coming back into the present in a story like when you think of you know ghosts or a lot of these creatures that appear in gothic literature you might just think that oh well that's just like spooky that's the point of it but also there is like you think what a ghost is that's like a person from the past sort of coming back up and invading the present so no you you're i think very spot on is is a christmas story not christmas story what's the uh uh christmas carol Oh my god! Christmas Story. That would Christmas be Christmas Carol. Christmas Story is the one. Yeah, not that one. Yeah, the movie that they filmed <laughs> in Akron or something like that. It's definitely gothic. <laughs> but is the Christmas uh, Carol? Is that gothic literature? Oh man, I don't think so. I know that. Well, maybe you could categorize it that way. It does have, I guess, some of the same themes, but. I kind of think that it came too early. I'm so bad with history and timelines and stuff. So I really don't know. I, I see why you say that. It definitely has the elements of like Scrooge's. Uh, it, it It's not his ghost, but the, the three ghosts coming back to uh, interrupt him. So it definitely is similar in that way. I don't know how the timeline works out. but. Hmm. Yeah, I can kind of get into. So just for everybody reading this, I haven't started the class yet as you're hearing this. So this is like my doing the pre-reading. This is like my Wikipedia summary of what I have not yet learned about Gothic literature. But we did talk about some of the things that I was taking notes of Uh, some things that are, I guess, characteristic of Gothic literature. Rich, you kind of mentioned there's just like the whole Gothic uh, aesthetic and like architecture style, you know, gargoyles and, you know, buildings from this time period have that very, I don't even know how to describe it, but you you would know it when you see it. Uh, As far as the aesthetic of like the stories and whatnot, you deal with a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of unusual, uh, a lot of the unusual, I guess, is where gothic stories take place. And it's like what they deal with a lot in terms of the setting. So I'm reading this from, uh, I think, like the Britain Library or something. Yeah, the British Library. But they talk about uh, there's unusual places and unusual times and the uncanny so three use mm. unusual unusual uncanny but that kind of makes up a lot of the setting and the premise 
So unusual places, you know, it could be a a castle, it could be some distant European country that like would have been that to the readers would have seemed distant. Uh, it could be really it could be any place, but all all of the places are going to share that they would like strike the reader as being unusual. You know, like why are we in this big empty castle that's dark and has all these mysterious? You know, you're not just going to be like in an office cubicle. That that's not going to be a gothic story. And similarly, there's gotcha. unusual times, uh, which. A lot of these stories, from what I'm understanding, take place in, I guess, the transition between moments, which sounds very vague. Mm. But what I mean by that is I said a minute ago, like this this type of literature was springing up after the Enlightenment, after the French Revolution, after all of these things. So like history itself at that point was sort of like a transitory moment like this new future being born out of out of the past and that's reflected in a lot of the stories so whether it be like literally on the timeline or whether it be through what we were talking about like ghosts or things from the past are are just like popping into the present that's something you're going to see in literature a lot is like the the past meeting the future and even as i understand so this is something i didn't I didn't get a lot of times when we look back at this old literature, it's hard not to just read all of it as being kind of quaint as in we look back like to us, everything that's Gothic is old. That kind of architecture is old. That kind of, you know, like to us, all of this Mm -hmm. is already hundreds of years removed, but at the time when they were writing this stuff, as I understand it, Gothic literature featured a lot of like high tech in the sense of, you know, Frankenstein, you think about the sort of uh, operations they were doing. That was very high tech or in these stories when they have, you know, typing machines, typewriters, all of these sorts of things in that day, those were all like the equivalent of the Apple headset, you know, like that was like bleeding edge technology. And so even more, that just emphasizes like this idea of the future meeting the past. Like to us, we're looking back in retrospect, it kind of feels like the past meeting the past. But just reading those stories, that's something to keep in mind is like they were featuring a lot of like the 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 front, the like I said, the bleeding edge technology of the day. And combining that. It's like sci- it's kind of like, yeah, it's like it's, it's like old sci fi almost. I mean, different tones, but yeah, no, I think so. And I'm not a big yeah sci-fi person, so it's hard for me to speak to that. But no, it definitely does seem that way. And okay, is Black Mirror gothic literature? Black Mirror. <sighs> the thing about Black Mirror is that every episode is so different. But I guess that could be possible. So Black Mirror, if people don't okay, know. Okay, specifically, specifically. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to no, say, go ahead. yeah, if anybody doesn't know the show, Black Mirror is this like episodic TV show on, I think, just Netflix that uh, 
has to do like every episode is sort of like a a dark exploration of like some future scientific discovery so they look at like our technology today and kind of imagine what this could be like in you know 100 years or something and it's kind of like a dystopian like every episode is pretty dark because you're looking at what the technology could do so but you are going to ask about a specific episode a specific episode i think it has of many of the themes um it's the episode spoiler spoiler alert um it's the episode where the woman loses her husband mm-hmm. and uh uploads all like videos of his emails of his progressively first it's like emails and texts to this online service that then will message her as him talking just like him yeah uh like it's like an ai program then it's hey if you upload videos with him we can replicate his voice and so now it's like calling her and then she pays this like ultimate premium and gets sent like this like mannequin that she leaves in the tub for a day and it turns into him but then at that point that's when she realizes that this is not him and now she just has this reminder, this visual reminder of not her husband, like haunting her. Right. Yeah. She never is that modern. And it, it's, it's got a ghost from the past. It's talking about it's talking about technology. It's in a it's in a transition period for this girl. It's the period of like life and death. I think that. As as somebody who has not started the class yet, I think yeah, as an expert on gothic exactly, literature, uh, I think probably, I think probably yes, I'd say fifty fifty, and that brings up an interesting point: is that uh, a lot of okay, so a lot of the things that I've been saying so far are like are characteristic of all gothic literature. But as I understand it, there's some variance in Gothic literature that some of sometimes and in some stories, the supernatural happenings end up having a very natural cause. So in that case, it's kind of like Scooby-Doo, where, you know, every there's ghosts and there's monsters and there's all these things, but like the emotions are high, everybody's all worked up, but by the end of the episode, they pull off the mask and you're like, oh, that that wasn't a ghost. That was something like, see, there was a, a good explanation the whole time. That's like half of Gothic literature. The other half of Gothic literature is like the episode of Scooby-Doo where they pull off the mask and they're like, see, we had nothing to be afraid of the whole time. And they all walk away and then all of the eyeballs on all the paintings on the wall start moving where it's like, uh, no, you, you think you explained it, but it, it actually is supernatural. And so with that, I, the reason I say that is with your black mirror episode, that sounds to me more like the first one. So it all, it all does sound mm. very Gothic, but in this case, the ghost is like a metaphorical ghost. It's not a literal haunting. It, so in that sense, it's very like, naturalistic but i agree with you that is totally what it is and 
You know, the crazy thing is that that is already happening. Uh, I know. Last week in Potter, I was like, here's this crazy idea that we could do in the future. And then, like, Apple's doing it. Yeah. I saw this one uh, this one TikTok of a girl who caught herself doing exactly that. She she posted, she was like, I just caught myself living a Black Mirror episode because like her boyfriend or somebody died in a car crash or something like that. And she was having a conversation like she said to I don't know if it was chat GPT or Snapchat or whoever, but she was like, you are and said his name and like his information and stuff and said, like, have a conversation with me. And she like caught herself doing it, which is really weird. But also, Mm -hmm. I saw another one on Twitter where somebody tried to have a conversation. They tried to make an AI conversation between Aristotle and I forget who the second person was. I feel like it was like Aristotle and Elon Musk or something dumb like that. And it was very bad. It was not at all (laughs) like they were both kind of just quoting things that they've said at each other. Like it's not at all on the level where they were having like deep conversations with each other. Uh, But but that is the point of where that could go is like. Oh, did you not hear that Apple's doing a in your voice feature? No, no. What is that? So it's only so they've tried to put a lot of things in place to make sure it doesn't get out there. They send random phrases to your phone. And you just record yourself saying them. They're like random procedurally generated. So it's, you know, not the same for each phone. Mm -hmm. You say them and then people can receive texts from you. And they can choose to play them in your voice. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I I thought you were just referring to the Apple headset. No, that is. I wonder what like what is the. I don't get what the benefit is of that. And also. It seems backwards to me, like it makes sense to me that you can talk into your device and it'll type it out and send it to people because we're increasingly like less literate. But it doesn't make Mm -hmm. sense in reverse. Like, why would why would I take the effort to type something out to have you read it in my voice? But I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're thinking of stuff because I'm just going to go. O U I O U I O U I O U I I I I I I I I I I E E E O O O O O O O and I'm gonna send it to you. Just crash everybody's head. And when it reads out, it's gonna make a nice, beautiful song. I did think about this the other day. Actually, it wasn't the other day. It was probably like two years ago, when TikTok was like first exploding, and there was the voice to text thing. I was like, all these kids don't know that this is just what we would sit in the basement and do before smartphones is open the Microsoft like text to speech thing and make it say funny words. But it always comes back. But yeah, Gothic, uh, I think we've covered a lot of it. Uh, I'm looking at my notes here. Oh, so a lot of the Gothic world 
it's this is a direct quote. The Gothic world is fascinated by violent differences in power, and its stories are full of constraint, entrapment, and forced actions. So again, uh, I guess you can probably see some of the themes about that of like there's the old and the new, and uh, maybe this sense that the old was was better that we're losing something, but at the same time, like you can't fight technological advancement so you can see how like a lot of times symbolically the main character might be kind of like the young woman uh in distress and she like needs protecting from some like powerful king or something like that's literally what i'm reading in the castle of otranto uh but other than that i think one of the interesting things that i wanted to bring up is that This article I was reading from the British Library talks about the difference between terror and horror. And I believe it was Anne Radcliffe who, like, they're summarizing here. But this is one of those thoughts that I've had before. Like, just the other day, I was telling somebody that they should watch a show. Uh, I think it was The Last of Us, that video game show on (laughs) HBO. I was telling somebody they should watch it. And they're like, is it, like, scary? Is it intense? And I was saying, well, I don't, I don't do scary stuff. Like it is intense, but it's not like jump scare. It's not trying to like spook you out or any, but then reading this, I was like, oh, this is what I was trying to say. There's a difference between terror and horror. And in this show, there is like terror. Cause you're thinking about what's going to happen to these characters. And there are these zombies that are gonna you know wipe out the last people on earth like so on so forth that's like a a scary thought but the show isn't horror in the sense of like you can watch it and then go to bed and some of the thoughts Anne radcliffe had about this was uh terror is morally good while horror is morally bad so that's kind of what i was trying to say um the idea of terror is like it it's expanding you to think about something new whereas it's expanding your senses whereas horror is trying to like annihilate your senses like everything you see hear touch like it's it's like this i don't even know the word this exaggerated like assault on your senses as you're just sitting watching mm, the scary good. movie. That's a good word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh the other thing is that terror it says is concerned with the psychological experience, like the dread of what these people are going through. Like I said with the last of us, like the fear of I need to have hope in these people to save humanity, but all the odds are against them. And like, there's that human emotional, it's an emotional story that you're, you're experiencing as opposed to in a horror movie. The point is just the, the horror, the horrific thing itself, you know, like, sure. There might be some sort of symbolism to it, but it's really just like, it's not that deep. It is what it is. You know, like you're watching some very scary thing take place just to scare you. And it's not as much concerned with the human side of the story. 
So I thought that was interesting because I don't know. Do you are you a big like scary movie person? I have never liked scary movies, but I've also never had the words to explain what you just said. I like I like. I might be getting them wrong now. I like terror, but not horror. Yeah. Yeah. No, Am I no, that's that right? right. That's right. I like. Yeah, I like movies that like have inspired terror. I like shows that really make me think like Frankenstein, like uh, Dracula, modern, adaptation, modern adaptations of that. But I, I haven't ever liked horror and horrors usually affected me really easily. Um, So like. I've always avoided those things, but I've never I've never been able to draw that distinction between the two, the differences. So that's really interesting to hear. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a lot about, as I understand it so far, the. A lot of it has to do, I think, with human limits, and I don't know if that was in that article, if it was Anne Radcliffe speaking or just the the author from the British library, but they were talking about, it has a lot to do with like human limitation and these human characters being up against forces that at the end of the day are just more powerful than, than them forces that they can't control. And I really am like a sucker for that. That's like a thing that I write about a lot. And it's just like a theme of, uh stuff that I do. And so this class, like, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. When I, you know, I'm not a big fantasy fan. I'm not a big sci-fi fan. And so Gothic, the idea, the idea of ghosts and goblins and gargoyles and all that kind of thing it was not like super appealing to me, but it was more appealing to me than some of the other options, but as I'm getting into it, I'm like, this is really cool. And the, I think it's, yeah, I think it's big for you. Yeah. The writing style is very romantic. It's yeah. I really wish the more I hear you talk that you were more of a gamer. So you could play bloodborne. Haven't heard of it, which is like a hard game, but it's like, so the studio that makes it like, from software they're notorious for like having a loose story that the player has to really dig to uncover more about it Mm. and even then it has a lot of like loose ends so it's a lot of like player interpretation for exactly how things go down interesting um but that game like bloodborne Every time you talk about a theme or something you like about gothic literature, like they're exploring it. Yeah. Like, like your character has got some sort of plague. So he's trying to find a cure. And you arrive in this town, the night of the hunt. Um, And this town, like was built on these really ancient catacombs and sent people down in there and found the old blood and it could cure anything and like cure any ailment. So like it founded like a new religion and everything's based on it. But then people start turning into like beasts and werewolves. And then there's other factions who were like 
experimenting with people and trying to turn people into like uh old ones which is like it's just it's it takes like all popular gothic literature but then also like makes it their own but you can definitely be like oh this is influenced by this this is influenced by this this is influenced by this and it's just so cool yeah i've and it's not like you you could look and say like that could be horrifying like the things that you're seeing you could definitely be like oh that could be horrifying if it was jump scaring me but the game's not about the jump scares it's just about like the terror you know right yeah well i mean same thing i guess in a a different way but the last of us uh i never got to play that one either i have heard that a lot of video games are really doing cool stuff with storytelling and stories and whatnot um one of my friends down in school did like a presentation on like video games as i don't know like the literature of video games or something like that my thing is mm. I I really get the itch to play games like every 2 years and when that itch comes around I don't want to drop like $900 for a PlayStation. So I end up just playing like whatever uh-huh. Pokemon game I have from back in the day and then like a month later I'm over it. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. But is there anything else to say about gothic literature? from my my position of authority on the subject <laughs> i'm sure you could have so many opinions right now if you wanted to um but i i mean i don't have anything else to say unless it's me just geeking out about stuff i like in gothic literature but well i'm i don't know if people want to tune into that in the class i'm going to be reading frankenstein so i'm so jealous. we'll uh i need to reread yeah it. we'll get to talk about that one Probably in a couple weeks. You know what? I'll reread it. Oh, that's a good I'm idea. Reread it that way. We can have a little book club discussion. Coming along nicely, book club. Everybody read <laughs> Frankenstein. Yeah, everyone go read it. Get the audiobook. YouTube it. You can probably find it. I've been doing this. Hey, here's a little tip. I've been doing this thing where I YouTube a book and uh, I find people reading it for free and none of them read it well, but it's a free audiobook. Yeah. I've seen some of those. They're interesting. Oh, gosh, I just said interesting. Should we end it there? I think that's the transition out. (laughs) We haven't had an interesting in a while. I think that's what we close it on. Hey, everyone. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, We host this episode and all of our episodes over at our Substack, Coming Along Nicely. And Tim also does some writing over there as well. I'm a little biased, but it's pretty great. You can find him at As It Were or at nicely.substack.com. We'll see you guys in the next one.